0: Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Roland. Titans fans, as promised, today is the start of Of our NFL Draft Preview Series, we are going to start going position by position to break down some of these prospects who the Titans could have their eye on. Before we jump into our Positional Preview Series, we do have to talk about some major NFL news that took place on Monday that will or will not, depending on how you feel about things, have an impact on the Titans going forward. So since that big NFL news dropped, It has been a bit of a debate on Titans Twitter online about whether or not this will have an impact on the Titans, whether or not it won't. I tend to believe that this will have an impact on the Titans in some way, whether that be big or small. It's obvious that it will have some impact. So I'm keeping you guys in the dark on that. In the industry, it's called a tease. So we will talk about that big NFL news and its impact on the Titans in Our first segment, but then we will jump into our NFL draft preview and we are going to start today on the offensive side of the ball with the quarterback position and the tight end position. So I wanted to give as much room as possible to the positions that are of greater importance for the Titans and the Titans may look late in the draft for a competition at backup quarterback or maybe a depth piece at tight end, but with the signing of Anthony Ferkser with the re-signing of Michael Pruitt with Johnu Smith being back in the fold. I don't see the Titans attacking that position early and backup quarterback. They just spent a bunch of money on Ryan Tannehill and Logan Woodside is still in the fold. So I don't see the Titans going too early on quarterback. So I'm going to go through the top players at those positions. Some of the mid-tier guys at those positions as well that we should all be keeping our eye on before we move into some of the off. Offensive positions that the Titans will focus more heavily on. So, we are going to break down the quarterbacks today. We are going to break down the tight ends today. We are going to talk about some big NFL news that I tease. So, make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast on. Apple Podcast, following on Spotify, subscribe on Google Play or whatever platform you stream your podcast as we continue through our NFL Draft Preview Positional Ranking Series. So I'm excited to jump into that with you guys. Let's get it. The Carolina Panthers have given star running back Christian McCaffrey a four-year, $64 million contract that will pay him $16 million per season. And this has a big impact on the negotiations going on right now between Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans brass. So right now the Titans have until the deadline of July the fifteenth to get a long-term contract done with Derrick Henry, or he will play the upcoming season on the franchise tag for ten point two million dollars. And first glimpse at the contract it is easy to say that Christian McCaffrey is not the same type of running back that Derrick Henry is they play the position the same position but they play it in two incredibly different ways and that may be fair and the numbers bear that out as well Derrick Henry has been in the NFL for four seasons now McCaffrey has only been in for three seasons and while their rushing numbers are somewhat comparable considering Henry has an extra season but Spent the first two as mostly a role player. Henry has 3,833 career rushing yards with 38 rushing touchdowns. McCaffrey has 2,920 career rushing yards with 24 touchdowns. So while Derrick Henry does have the edge because of the extra year, McCaffrey has definitely still been an incredibly productive back just running the ball. But when you look at the receiving numbers... Christian McCaffrey has 2,523 receiving yards in his career on 303 catches with 15 receiving touchdowns. Derrick Henry in his four seasons, 57 catches. 578 yards and only three touchdowns. So a major, major disparity there between the receiving production between Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. So at first glance, you could argue Derrick Henry should not approach that $16 million figure or the, even the 15 and $14 million figures we saw from Zeke and Gurley respectively because of the lessened production in the receiving game. But one thing to consider, if you are Derrick Henry or you are Derrick Henry's representation, while it is obvious that the receiving numbers are not the same, if you're Derrick Henry, you walk into that negotiation room and you say, I just led this team to the AFC championship. And we can all argue about who gets, you know, what percent of of the credit, whether it's Tannehill, Henry, the staff. Uh, the defense, however you want to slice up the blame. If you're Derrick Henry's agent or you're Derrick Henry the man, you walk into that room and you say, I'm a more impactful and more valuable player than Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey just had one of the best seasons in NFL history going over 2,000 total yards. And what did his team do? The Panthers ended up, uh, I believe, 8-8. Eight and eight. Seven and nine, somewhere in there, and did not make the playoffs. Derrick Henry, yeah, I'm not catching the ball out of the backfield all the time and going for, you know, a thousand yards receiving in a season. But what I do in the ground game and the impact that I have on the game and the way that the Titans have to rely on me and the way I'm the focal point of the offense and the way that I have proven that if I am the focal point of the offense, speaking for Derrick Henry. If Henry is the focal point of the offense, that's an offense and a team that can get all the way to the AFC Championship with a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. So if I'm Derrick Henry's representation, or I'm Derrick Henry myself, I'm going to say I don't care about the receiving numbers. He can get all the receiving production that he wants, and it's still not going to make him have a bigger impact on On wins and losses than me as Derrick Henry. So, if I'm Derrick Henry, I am arguing, yes, the production is the same, but my impact on wins and losses on the field is much higher than McCaffrey's impact. So, whether or not the Titans are going to agree with that line of thought, whether or not you agree with that line of thought, if I'm Derrick Henry or his representation, that is how I'm going to argue for my client. So, will the Titans pay Derrick Henry close to that, will they stick around the $10 million mark that the franchise tag is at and try to be closer to that? It remains to be seen, but clearly this will impact negotiations for Derrick Henry and the Titans going forward. But now it is time to get into our NFL Draft Preview Series, and we are going to start going position by position, prospect by prospect to break things down and see who might be of interest. To the Titans. So we will start, as I mentioned at the top of the show, with the quarterback position. And then in our final segment, we will talk about the tight ends and Once again, I picked these two positions because going into the NFL Draft, it seems like it would be wise for the Titans to only look at these positions if they were doing so later in the draft for some depth or some competition. So we will talk about those and then devote full episodes to some of the more important and more in-demand positions that the Titans will be looking at in the draft. do want to remind you that the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is is officially underway. You guys checked out a snippet of that at the end of yesterday's episode, so be sure to check out the mock draft every day this week on Locked On NFL. Subscribe on Apple Podcast or follow Locked On NFL on Spotify. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. For me, they're the only food delivery service that has my favorite wing restaurant on there so I have to go to Postmates and enjoy going with Postmates to make sure I get my favorite hot wings with a side of blue cheese. If you're like me you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door but Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour for a limited time. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start using your free deliveries, download the app and enter code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL. One word, LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. You guys are quarantined right now for the most part. Every state has stay at home orders. This is the perfect time to support your local restaurant or a local business and also be safe and stay at home. So, anything you need, anytime you need it, Post made it. Let's kick off our NFL draft preview series, and we will go position by position throughout our breakdown the next few shows. But we are starting with the quarterback position, the pigskin pushers, the hurlers, the signal callers, whatever cliche name that you have. We are diving in to the quarterback. So, Obviously, you have the top tier quarterbacks that the Titans either a won't have a chance at at all, or b probably won't have any interest in considering the money they just gave to Ryan Tannehill. And I'll, I'll quickly go through those prospects. Obviously, the presumed number one pick, Joe Burrow from LSU, just incredible elite pocket movement that's where some people get the Tom Brady comps he's accurate will stand in the pocket make all the throws and he doesn't have the strongest arm of all times a little bit of limited arm strength and only limited success in college Burrow gives you literally everything else functional mobility accuracy toughness leadership IQ high level understanding of defenses uh pro background with Joe Brady being his offensive coordinator. He's the number one pick, so we will move on from there. Tua Tungavailoa from Alabama. Obviously, he has more physical upside than Burrow. He's a little more athletic, a little more explosive, a little bit stronger arm, can make all the throws. Incredible pedigree coming from Alabama. High-level understanding of offense and defense and all of the coaching pluses that you get from being from Alabama, but it just comes down to his injury history. It comes down to how healthy teams think he's going to be. And with this uncertain medical climate right now and everything going on with the coronavirus, may make it even tougher for Tua to get a fair shake in terms of where he's drafted. But some team may still go ahead and take the risk because of the talent. Uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon, he is the prototypical quarterback for size, arm, mobility. He is the perfect modern quarterback with his length, and his speed, but he has some issues with accuracy, doesn't necessarily process defenses and process what he's seeing very quickly, and there are leadership questions. He's not very vocal. He's not a rah-rah guy, and, you know, some teams just want their quarterback to be a rah-rah, in-your-face, alpha personality type guy. I mean, that's just how... Some teams want it, and what they want is what they will go get. The fourth quarterback that you see a lot is uh, one of the next two guys, really. Normally, you're going to see Jordan Love from Utah State, a wannabe Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people like to comp him to Pat Mahomes because he's got a ridiculous arm. Good athleticism as well. Really makes wow throws out of the pocket, extending plays. So he has that kind of high-level upside as a Sandlot playmaker and the strong arm and the mobility that you see with Pat Mahomes. So some people comp him there, but he doesn't process things quickly. He takes too many chances. He takes too many risks. He had issues with production, 17 interceptions last season, really fell off in terms of production from... 2018 to 2019. Some of that can be blamed on his supporting cast, but those are just the questions surrounding Jordan Love. Jacob Eason from Washington is the prototypical pocket passer. Uh, not a lot of mobility there, but maybe the strongest arm in the draft. Uh, understands how to toss it, but once again, uh, doesn't have much mobility, and that's something that modern NFL offenses are looking for. Speaking of mobility, though, Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. We have now entered the range of, if the Titans really wanted to get a quarterback early, they could start looking in this tier. So you have, you know, Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, came from Alabama, uh, displayed incredible uh, character and incredible emotional fortitude with everything that happened to him at Alabama, getting benched, having to transfer, but he was productive every step of the way. Now, Hurts is going to run into issues because he doesn't have an incredible arm, not the strongest arm, not the most accurate guy, doesn't read defenses super quick, uh, will scramble instead of kind of buying time looking to throw, will scramble. He doesn't have elite athleticism or running ability in terms of NFL uh, running ability like you see with Lamar Jackson. So, He's got a lot of good traits but just doesn't have anything that really pops off the charts for you other than his character and his leadership but that may be enough to get him an opportunity in a, a quarterback coach and an offensive guru to maybe take a chance on him and see what they can get but mostly will come into the league or most likely will come into the league as a backup. Same thing with Jacob Fromm from Georgia. Same thing. Incredible leader. Great IQ. Really understands offense. Really understands route concepts. Understands defensive coverages. Uh, Will probably be a coach at some point in his career. But Fromm has nothing special, physically speaking. He doesn't have a great arm. Did struggle with accuracy at times at Georgia. Obviously lacks mobility. Uh, and any kind of functional athleticism outside of the pocket, so he's looking like a Colt McCoy type, you know, just a career backup, but a great, you know, solid backup who can be relied on, so that would be an option for the Titans, but I think he's going to go a little too early for the Titans to find value. At the quarterback position. So now let's step out of the names that you know and maybe into some names that you don't know that might be more likely on the radar for the Titans as backup quarterback options in the later rounds. And first we have James Morgan from Florida International, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-nine pounds. He's got a strong arm a really strong arm, can fire it in there with a lot of velocity, he has good functional mobility, Uh, we mentioned that term with Eason, because he does not, neither does From, he can move, Uh, Morgan isn't you know the kind of guy that profiles perfectly into that Titans bootleg zone run scheme but he's got enough athleticism to to run it and he's a smart guy he he's really impressed teams on the board and in interviews with his competitiveness and his intelligence and that's moving him up the board quite a bit but he doesn't have any touch I said he has a strong arm with good velocity, but he just fires the ball in there. Doesn't have great touch on his passes, and other than that, he has no special qualities other than that really strong arm with good velocity, so that kind of limits his potential as a starter in the NFL. Jake Luton from Oregon State, 6'6", so a really big guy, but he's more of just a, a dink and dunk quarterback. He's efficient, getting the ball out quick, getting the ball out early. He's accurate underneath, but the problem is he just takes what he can get. He never manipulates uh, defenses with his eyes. He doesn't try to manipulate coverages and get a little bit more, and at some point in time, if you aren't going out and winning games by taking more than what the defense offers, then you're only going to be a backup long-term. Nate Stanley from Iowa. Good pedigree there with Kirk Ferentz as the coach. You know that he got good coaching. Quick, short passer. Has to be on time uh, doesn't turn over the ball so he doesn't make a lot of mistakes but he's not really accurate once you get him out of that rhythm that quick short timing passing if you get him out of that force him to extend plays or or take away that primary read underneath he's going to get himself into trouble and not really have much to go to in terms of athleticism to get him out of trouble so a career backup most likely as well Anthony Gordon from Washington State is a name that's Kind of buzzy, I guess I would say, and I like him as a backup option for the Titans, but it's to the point now where Gordon is shooting up draft boards and will probably be a third-round selection uh, at the minimum, maybe late third, and I just don't see the Titans spending that kind of pick. On a quarterback, but Gordon has an incredibly quick release. He can throw well on the run. He throws with good anticipation as well, which shows an understanding of defenses and an understanding of what his wide receivers are going to be doing spatially. The only problem is he doesn't have a very strong arm. It is a weaker arm, but that's why he throws with anticipation and good touch because he doesn't necessarily have the strongest arm to fit the you know the ball into tight windows. So he's got to anticipate when guys are going to be open. He does a pretty good job of that. And the other thing that you notice is he pats the ball a lot during his drop back when he's in the pocket. And that can throw off his timing sometimes. And um, it's just a, a kind of a tell that in the NFL could really get him into trouble and could tip off defenses as to where he's going with the ball. Tyler Huntley is an interesting option for the Titans as we get into the later rounds from Utah. six foot one. Incredibly mobile, really live arm. He can spin it, and he's got good instincts. He's like the prototypical Sandlot player. He's kind of a baby version of what you're seeing with Jordan Love and the way people view him or Pat Mahomes now. The problem is he's not incredibly accurate. He probably scrambles a little bit too much when he could sit in the pocket. He looks too quickly to get out... And he doesn't do a great job of reading defenses. So Tyler Huntley would be the type of guy who could fit a scheme like the Titans scheme because of his mobility and could eventually be the type of guy who can push the ball down the field, but could use a lot of development in terms of reading defenses, uh, understanding exactly where to run and how to run and when to run. All of that will take time. So Huntley could be a developmental backup who fits the Titans scheme. Steve Montez from Colorado, six foot four, more of the Jacob Eason uh, mold. He's a big guy, physical guy, incredible arm strength, can really throw the ball down the field. He's got willing mobility. Montez understands when he needs to get out of the pocket, even though the mobility isn't great. He's not a great athlete. He's not really even a good athlete for the position, but he just understands when he needs to get out there. He has an incredibly strong arm, but his accuracy can wane at times. And he does at times seem like he struggles to see the field. Uh, doesn't necessarily understand what the defense is giving him at times, and it'll lead him to force things a little bit when he shouldn't. But Montez could be an option for the Titans late in the draft. And then another option like Tyler Huntley, who I think could really fit the Titans' scheme, and they would have to find a way to get him, I'm guessing, in uh, five or six uh, around in there I don't think he'll last until 7 just because of some of the upside that he has and that's Cole McDonald from Hawaii 6 foot 4 he has an absolute rocket for an arm is incredibly mobile and is willing to take risk he's willing to throw it down the field and willing to take chances that can win you ball games now of course you're going to get the other side of that riskiness and there are plays that he shouldn't make and where he really gets into trouble is he doesn't seem like he has great football intelligence. He doesn't understand the concept behind the plays that he's trying to run or what the defense is trying to do. He's inconsistent with his arm angle, so he'll throw the ball from different angles. If he can master that and learn when to use certain angles, that could be a benefit for him. Like we see with someone like like Pat Mahomes, even Marcus used to do things like that. But right now, he just is inconsistent with that, and it'll cause inconsistent accuracy. So that's something that Cole McDonald will have to work on. But because of his mobility, some of that risk-taking factor, and his strong arm, I think he could be a potential fit for the Titans as a backup quarterback. But there are some more names out there that that you could go over At the quarterback position. Some well-known players who played at bigger programs. But really haven't shown enough to be considered mid-round picks. But these guys may be there. And the Titans may take a chance on them really late in the draft. Seventh round. Like a Khalil Tate from Arizona. Kelly Bryant who played at Clemson, coming out of Missouri now. Shea Patterson from Michigan, who really struggled in the pre-draft process. Obviously, Tennessee fans are aware. Jarrett Guarantano, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but you know, it's a tough one. But just saying there are some quarterbacks who are coming from some more well-known programs who didn't really impress in the pre-draft process or in their final year in college, who The Titans may take a chance on to compete with Logan Woodside and late in the draft seventh round. It would be a decent value at that moment in time. You're basically just taking swings and seeing what happens that late in the draft. But that is going to wrap up our preview of the quarterback position. I would imagine that if the Titans do go this route, it'll be pretty late. So some of the options that we talked about could be there and we will break Which, whichever one of these prospects does get selected by the Titans, if we do get a backup quarterback option, we will break that down when they are selected. But I hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown of the quarterback position. We are going to move into our preview of the tight end position next. The tight end position. So let me be frank here. The Titans are not going to draft a tight end. I just don't see it. I, I mean, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to eat crow. You guys can go on Twitter, tag me, tell me I was wrong, the old takes exposed, whatever you want. But the Titans aren't going to draft a tight end. There's no way that they have Jonu Smith on the books who will need a contract extension after this year Then they have... Anthony Ferxler, who they brought back on an exclusive rights free agent deal, and then they cho- they willingly re-signed Michael Pruitt, there is no way that they did all that, and then are going to draft a tight end. If they wanted to draft a tight end, they wouldn't have brought back Pruitt. That's the easy answer. But, but, I can't just not do a position, because I think that the Titans aren't going to draft that. That wouldn't do any justice to me learning about these prospects, because uh, there are prospects these guys are going to get drafted to other teams maybe in the Titans division maybe on teams that the Titans play in the playoffs maybe teams on the Titans schedule I need to know these prospects and you guys want to know these prospects as well and in the event that the Titans surprise us and take a tight end well we want to be prepared so let's talk about this tight end class it is I guess there's not a lot of high-end talent in this tight end class, and not a lot of starters in this class, but there are some good depth pieces and some good, you know, tight end twos that could come out of this draft. So let's jump into them. Uh, number one tight end for most people is Cole Komet, 6'4", out of Notre Dame. He is a natural in-line tight end, and in-line means like what you would think of when you think of a tight end, hand in the dirt, three-point stance next to the tackle, a traditional tight end. That's an in-line tight end because he's in line. He's in the line with the offensive line. So to make things simple there. So he's a natural doing that role. He runs smart routes. Uh, He's got pretty good hands and he's a willing blocker. So like I said, he's not... A high-end talent like a Travis Kelsey or George Kittle but he does have the ability to be maybe like a Zach Ertz maybe not that good but you know more of a possession tight end because he's not a gifted athlete he's not explosive with the ball in his hands and he's not a fantastic blocker Either So uh, he'll need to improve with his blocking, with his technique and his power and his strength, but he can be a pretty solid role-playing tight end and a potential starter. At the minimum, a really solid tight end too. Next, you have almost the inverse of that. Adam Troutman six foot five out of Dayton the leading receiver in the University of Dayton's history even though Troutman played quarterback all throughout high school and once he got to Dayton that was the first time he ever caught passes uh, routinely so Troutman has a ton of of untapped potential, and coaches around the NFL may look at that, because he's an athletic beast. He's explosive with the ball in his hands, uh, and he, like I said, he's new to the tight end position, so there's a lot to work with, and he fits the mold of a George Kittle, of a Travis Kelsey, someone who is more, more of an athlete than a natural tight end compared to Cole Komet. Like I said, it's a good... Good explanation of pairing off now. The problem with Troutman is he's new to the position, like I mentioned. So that's a good thing because he's got a lot of untapped potential, but it's a bad thing because he needs to work on his technique, especially in the blocking game. He's not really going to be an inline tight end off the rip for an NFL team. He's going to have to work on his technique as a blocker and also some of the nuances with route running. Uh, Working with a guy like Travis Kelsey would probably be great for Troutman, uh, another Ohio guy as well Bryson Hopkins from Purdue six foot four he he runs not just good routes but smart routes excellent at finding holes in the zone not as good against man coverage because he doesn't have you know great burst but against zone he's really good at finding the holes where he needs to be and he's incredibly competitive you can just tell he's really out there to get physical to get feisty and and play hard every single snap now he does need help with blocking, and he at times can struggle catching the ball with his hands. But Hopkins has the ability to to be a versatile tight end and and be a nice backup option for you. Hunter Bryant is a little bit different of a prospect, the first Bryant brother at tight end. He's only six foot two, so kind of similar to like a Johnu Smith size. Uh, coming out of Washington, but like John U. Smith, incredible run after the catch ability. He is a move tight end, folks. He's the opposite of an inline tight end. This is a guy who you're going to want to flex out as an H-back. You're going to want to get in motion and, and have him in the slot or have him spread out apart from the formation, outside, maybe even as a wide receiver at times. Now, he's not a good blocker because of that. And similar to like the guy we talked about before with Hopkins, he can struggle at times with. His hands. Some of these guys are so athletic, and they're almost too athletic for their own good. He's worried about running sometimes. Before he's worried about catching the ball, and it can it can cause some drops. But if you're looking for a move tight end, you have an inline tight end. You want more of a chess piece out there, a receiving focus tight end. Bryant would be a good fit, so obviously not a great fit for the Titans, but we could see someone like Bryant with the Colts or the Jaguars, someone who could use a receiving tight end like that. Thaddeus Moss, 6'3", from LSU, he will be in line, but he's also versatile, Uh, he's a smart player, he's very physical, he's a powerful blocker, he's actually a good blocker. Now, like we talked about with Hopkins, he's not the quickest guy, he's not the fastest guy, but he finds holes in the zone, and he makes great catches. He's got that that Moss name, of course, so he has a good catch radius, will go up and make a play over the top. But... Like I said, he's not the most athletic guy. He's slow out of his break, so where he does find holes in the zone, he's going to struggle against man coverage. Just something that he's going to need to get better at. But with his limited athleticism, probably see him as a backup tight end for the majority of his career. Harrison Bryant, six foot five, out of Florida, Athlet- Florida athletic, Florida Atlantic. Harrison Bryant the other Bryant is athletic as well he's versatile he can almost be a wide receiver with his size 6 foot 5 so he he can line up all over the offense he's got really good hands now He's not really strong in the way he plays. He doesn't utilize his power and his size often enough, and he's really not going to be on the back of that. He's really not going to be an inline tight end because he doesn't use uh, any strength in his play. He's not a good blocker. He's not super physical out on the line of scrimmage either, so he's more of just uh, an athletic matchup tight end that you can't really have as your every down tight end similar here, Colby Parkinson from Stanford, six foot seven. So he's like what we just talked about with Bryant, where he lines up at wide receiver, lines up in the slot, lines up as a move tight end in motion. He is very similar, but he just doesn't really have any tight end physicality. He doesn't block at all. Uh, he's not going to be able to play in line and he doesn't even run skilled routes. He basically just runs down the field, vertical routes, and they try to toss it up to him to use his size and things like that. So, uh, I don't really see Parkinson as as anything more than maybe a third string tight end and uh, a matchup only player. Then we have Josiah Degura from Southern Florida, six foot three. Now, we're getting into a list of tight ends here with the next three tight ends that they basically, they aren't special. They have no special quality. They're just very, very solid tight end prospects. This is when I talked about the tight end class in general, and I talked about how there's not a lot of high end talent and starters, but there's a lot of good backups. We're getting there. I mean, Josiah Degura is physical. He's tough. He runs solid routes. But he's just not special. He doesn't bring anything special to the table as a tight end. Cheyenne O'Grady, six foot four from Arkansas, same thing. Versatile guy can be in line, can be an H back, can be a fullback. Uh, he's smart. He has good, reliable hands. But he's not very big. He's not really that fast. And O'Grady has some all field concerns coming out of Arkansas that are probably going to push him down the board. Uh, Jacob Breland, six foot five out of Oregon, similar. Not very big, not very fast, but very versatile, very smart, good hands, physical, reliable guy, backup tight end. The last guy we're going to talk about has a little bit more potential than those three. Uh, It's Albert Okwebunum. Yeah, yeah, eat that, Okwebunum. Every single person you hear talk about, this guy says Albert O, Albert O. Even his highlight tapes, even his college film, all the broadcasters say Albert O. It is Albert O. Oak Way Boonham. So, yeah, Albert O, he is really good at over the middle routes, being six foot five coming out of Missouri. Uh, he has good hands. He's got good speed, size, strength, those sort of things, but he's not very explosive and he doesn't have much experience as an inline tight end. He's going to need a lot of development with his limited time actually focusing on being an inline tight end. It's not something he was asked to do a lot. So, he has the size, speed, strength you would look for, like I mentioned but needs some work on the nuances of the position and isn't the most athletic guy. So there is your tight end class. There are some other tight ends, of course. There are more draft-eligible tight ends in the 11 we just went over, but it's probably best to put our resources into a position that the Titans will actually focus on in the draft, and we are going to do that tomorrow when we cover the running back position, and I would almost guarantee... At this moment in time, that the Titans do address backup running back and complimentary running back in the draft. I would almost bank on it, and possibly even early on, as high as their first overall pick, we could see that, so... If the Titans do go with a running back with their first overall pick, then that running back will probably have some value in fantasy football. And speaking of fantasy football, now that you are done with today's Locked on Titans episode, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Football. Like I've mentioned throughout the weeks, they are looking at draft prospects and how they will have an impact on fantasy this year. So it is a perfect time to get brushed up on not only your draft information, but how it could impact your fantasy information and preparation going forward. But that is going to do it for today's show. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.